Hello and welcome back to Wild Wisdom Wellbeing Guest Slots and with me Robin Harris of Equenergy Wild Wellbeing and today I have a wonderful guest it's Jane Gilby of Natural Answer and Jane just kind of by way of introduction I was reading your website earlier and there's a quote there that I just have to use today when I read it, it made me, I just had to pause. You know, it's one of those things that was so deep and profound that I just had to kind of oh, take a moment with it and just let it sink in and, and some of the layers to kind of make themselves felt because it was so much more than just the words. So the quote is that you help people to reconnect their soul and heart to the heartbeat and soul of the earth. And that, it really did just kind of take my breath away and I had to, oh, because it's so profound and it touches on the things that matter to me so deeply. So that was really, I mean, I, I read that after we'd connected, but then when I read that, I thought, yes, this is so good to have you here with us today. So thank you so much for giving us your time. And could I ask you just to tell us a little bit about who is Jane and what brought you to setting up your business, Natural Answer? Thank you, Robbie. Well, thank you very much. It's a real honor to come and talk with you today. Um, yeah, that, that is a profound um, quote, isn't it? I know. Yeah, it, it does sort of touch you. And it's, I feel it's something we all really need to try and be, be doing, you know, in these troubling times. Um, so yeah, so my name is Jane. I, um, I've had animals all my life. Um, currently I have uh, two Arabian horses, have always been my passion, two little ponies and um, two golden retrievers, I've got cats, pet sheep um, and I'm very blessed to live on a wonderful farm. We've been here now 14 years um, and in my earlier background I did work for a vet so I I'd always been involved with animals and prior to that I was a, a groom, sort of a, a stables, um, stable manager. So I've, I've always had quite a connection with animals in one way or another. Um, and I think in a way, what led me to start thinking about setting up a business was um, I was having lots of issues with my own health. And so I already was beginning to feel a little bit not being helped particularly well in the mainstream we won't really get into the bottom of the things so I decided to start looking into more natural alternatives um, and I was actually guided to sort of get involved with flower essences and it was uncanny because the first time I ever I didn't know what they were I'd never seen them I hadn't heard of them I was actually having I'd been to London and it was for fertility treatment it had failed it didn't work and I was coming home feeling quite sad on the train and the lady had left a magazine on the side and uh, she'd gone, so I sort of picked it up and the page fell open and it said the bachelor remedies uh, for fertility of all things. I mean, the, the way the universe works with coincidences is just astounding. Um, so I started to read the article and I thought, wow, these, these flower essences just sound so gentle, so nurturing. Um, they sound wonderful. I must look into this. And so I started to look into it, discovered the Dr. Batch, Edward Batch Centre in Oxfordshire and decided to enrol myself on that very first call. So that was my first introduction really, my first part of my journey into the holistic therapies and the flower essences, which is my main modality. So um, they then developed um, a course for the, to be a flower essence practitioner for animals, which I thought was just wonderful. And the vet I was working for at the time was, was quite ahead of his time. I feel he, you know, he was very open to alternative and holistic therapies to go alongside the mainstream sort of allopathic medicine, which I think is great. I was so lucky that he had that mindset. So he encouraged me to do that. And I actually was able to then work within the vet's practice, sort of helping the animals that were coming through. So that was amazing. And then I guess my horses have been enormous teachers. Um, and very much led me down a path looking to try and help resolve certain issues that they may have had throughout their lives. Um, so then I went on to do an equine touch, which is a very um, gentle bodywork 
um, going over the fascia of the skin and energetically. I did Reiki, so I'm a Reiki master. Um, I've also done some diplomas in sort of animal behaviour to try and sort of bring the whole package together. And more recently, I've just qualified as an equine facilitated learning practitioner. So I, I think that just brings it all nicely together. So now I can not only help the animals, but I can help people with the help of animals, which is just lovely. Um, and I think that nature and the animals have so much wisdom that we as human beings in, and it's, it's probably part of our natural evolution and our learning, we've moved away from slightly, we've detached ourselves from what things that we have known and we've mm. gone into the mechanical Newtonian kind of way of being but we're coming back the pendulum is swimming swinging back again and I think yeah when we can take on board that learning from animals from nature we learn so much more about ourselves they say that about just being an animal carer that it's yeah. not just the animal you learn about you actually learn so much more about yourself Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, when particularly with animals living in the domestic setting in your home, you know, they very much pick up on the dynamic of the family and what's going on with you. So, you know, they will often mirror that in their own well-being, you know, or their health. Um, so that I like do like to work with that combination of people with their animals, with their own animals, not just with mine, but with their own animals to sort of try and bring insights into what's actually going on with their life. So they might come to me with a problem, say, you know, with the dog or something and a behaviour issue. And when we, the more we delve into it, we actually realise, and suddenly they'll get an epiphany, that we're like, oh, that, actually I do that. Or, oh, that's because of this, you know, and it, it's really nice to see. So I, I quite like to work with people in that way as well. Yeah. yeah, and that's very much what I like to do as well. And I worked with a homeopathic vet, well, in terms of he was treating my cat. And he said to me that that's often the way he finds things that he has. He wants to say to the carers of the cat, actually, you need to take X, Y, Z, because the yeah. cat's just showing me what's going on for you. But I just wanted to say good afternoon to Tammy. Tammy has joined us. Uh, she's a friend of mine and, and somebody who will quite often join on, on lives. And she's saying that sometimes natural ways work so much better. They're so much more effective, I think, because they work with our bodies and our bodies have evolved alongside of these plants that are used for these remedies. So mm. we have receptors for them. We are actually, mm. we've, we've worked, we've grown in parallel. So we're ready to work with each other so much more synergistically than something that's created out of a lab that doesn't then have the other compounds. It, it's a pure form of it which yeah. might sound good because we like the word pure, don't we? We think pure yeah. is clean, it's got to be good. And nature is dirty and messy, but we need the dirt and the mess. It's Absolutely. actually part of what's good for us. And we need the, we need that consciousness as well, because I mean, the plants have a consciousness. Yeah. I mean, that really that's what is captured within a flower essence. It's, um, there is no physical part to that in the little bottle of essences. It's, it is the essence, the, the life force, the energy and, and the soul, if you like, of that, that particular plant and the gifts it can bring to you so that you, you can't manufacture that. No, no, you can't. And I know that I've mentioned this before, that people are trying to isolate compounds out of something like hawthorn, which is good mm. for the heart and circulation. But every time they think we've got it now, oh, it doesn't work. We've got it now. Oh, that doesn't work either. It's the whole. It's the whole, exactly. We've got away exactly. from that holistic. It, it's holistic in every sense. And I love the concept of a holographic kind of mm. universe, that the mm. part is within the whole and the whole is within the part. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I agree. I think, um, well, I just I just think with flower essences, it's you are getting that whole. It's, it, it is that more energetic part of it you know whereas with natural with other medicine it's more like the physical part isn't it as you say they try to isolate things and even with herbal medicine it sometimes is the just one part of it um like the root you know or the leaves or the berries but i think that's not so bad because you are still using the actual physical plant but when it's somebody's using you know that the scientist is actually creating in the lab you know just isolating bits it, it just loses something doesn't it, it loses that 
that sort of soul, really. And I love how that word essence kind of, it's so much more than a word, isn't it? it there's mm. so many layers even just to that, so that it is including the energy, it's including the wisdom. It's, it's, yeah, and, and as you said before, when you were reading that article, how synchronous that that article just fell open there for you yeah and not yeah. only on flower essences but specifically on the issue on that was already on your was... mind yeah the universe is amazing it's but you were saying how they're so gentle and they I are think... I mean yeah so they can be quite profound in their action oh, yes. they can be very gentle I mean they usually are very gentle they, they will harmonize and they're, they're self-regulating so you they'll only ever go to the depth that you're able to deal with um and they interact very well with any other medicines or herbs or essential oils and things like that. So, yeah, they're very, very versatile, quite safe for animals, for ch young children. Unlike, say, essential oils, you have to be a bit careful, you know, with pregnant, around pregnant women and you know, some an animals, cats in particular. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's what I love about them. Like, I've always been quite a sensitive soul myself and I can be quite easily upset. My, my system can be quite easily upset with even with natural things that you think should be wonderful like I've often had homeopathy or herbal things and I've, I've ended up in a, with a problem it's nearly always essences that will help me sort it out so for, for me personally I mean, everybody's different but for me personally they've been my partner in life since my early 20s since I discovered that you know on that train that day and went on my journey with it and and from doing the the batch flower essences practitioner course I then went on to discover there's like a whole world of them out there you know the Australian bush essences yep. um, I love the ones from Alaska they have a very different energy they are you know they're from a very pristine environment that hasn't been particularly sort of spoiled by humans or impacted too much you know the, the whole interior of Alaska is fairly un, uninhabited by humans and so you've still got these glaciers and, and wild expanses of acres and acres and acres and they actually embody an awful lot of change because if you think about the landscape and environment in Alaska, the the changes happen very rapidly. You get, um, you know, they have very short seasons in terms of spring and autumn. There really isn't. It's sort of, it's, it's winter and then it's summer. You know, it's and quite a short summer. Um, and the great, the very long nights and then it's the very long days. You sort of go to the opposite. So they're quite extreme. So they can be quite powerful catalysts to work with. Um, and essences, they do vary. So flowers tend to act as catalysts for change and growth, whereas um, the, the gems, for example, gem essences are much more for stability. They're, if you think of a gem, it's made from something of the earth. So it's, you know, the compound of it, it's structure. It is structure. So it, it helps form an energetic matrix with us that we can harmonize with. So they're uh, and environmental essences, they're made in a slightly different way because you obviously haven't got a flower or a gem. So it's, you know, it's in more ritualistic. So it would be made in a certain space, like at the foot of a glacier, for example. And so the differences are the, say you just gave an energetic, a, a, an environmental one, it's bringing that in energy of that environment to the healing process. So if you've got an animal or a person that's been sick for some time and their their energy is depleted and they're quite weak, they may not be ready to start having the flowers, to start catalyzing change and growth and dealing with their issues, um, which can be like peeling the layers of an onion, as you're well aware, and it can go very deep and be quite challenging. It could end up, you know, sort of on quite a healing deep journey with that. They might not be ready to do that. So by giving sort of just the environmental essences and perhaps a few crystal essences you're giving them the energy to help them become hit to heal and then to, then when they're ready then they can start to have the flowers um so i think that's sometimes the mistake people make is just throw loads of flower essences at someone and actually you can end up being quite overwhelmed <laughs> because all of a sudden you're getting all these things coming up and you know yeah things for you to process or, and deal with or you're not in a place where they can you know you can process it because sometimes like you're saying we need to get to that point of stability and resilience and mm. right I'm ready yes. because otherwise maybe we're too much in stress and when we're in stress and fight or flight we can't take in new things because exactly. we're too busy just dealing with the threats that we feel are in our environment right now 
So that's why with animals and people, when we want to learn new things, we need to be in rest and repair as far as we can. And we learn yeah. so much better if we're having fun because then we're open to new experiences and to taking in new things. It doesn't feel threatening. So that makes such sense. And the idea as well of what we don't learn when we're in the fight or flight or the parasympathetic, we don't learn as well. We might learn some things that aren't too supportive and we create <laughs> beliefs that aren't supportive, but the, the gentleness of the essences that they can just shift us into that soft rest and repair yeah but just by their nature by being gentle we feel safer Definitely. It, it's too, not too sudden like you were saying about the the alaskan shifts yeah. and I'm, yeah. I'm reading a book at the moment it's the sequel to the salt path if you've come across the salt path yes I have. But yeah so the sequel to that the wild silence and she they go to uh, iceland and they're the people the local people are saying oh yes the uh, winter comes on sunday how can you tell no 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 here here we know the winter's coming on sunday and uh, a lot of people obviously have watched game of thrones and the winter is coming the winter is coming yeah so if you're if that is too too deep too sudden to remember that it's fine to take things at your own pace and to work gently it's probably going to be more effective in the long run yeah yeah no i agree i think you know when if you try to instigate changes too suddenly it can be quite a shock to the system can't it um, and can lead to that overwhelm and overload and a lot of people yeah. as well have talked about detoxing and that mm. detoxing is another thing to be very careful with and and gentle with because you can release toxins that are too much for the body the body's not ready it yeah. needs to be strong enough to be able to to deal with that Absolutely. so all just things to remember but talking then going back to the animals another quote that you have on your website is from Anatole France. I don't know the pronunciation, but until one has loved an animal, part of one's soul remains unawakened. I love that. Yeah, it's lovely, isn't it? <laughs> it's so true though, isn't it? You know, I, I've shared my whole life with animals and I see them as some of my closest friends. Um, yeah, I, I feel sad for people that haven't got a connection with animals it must just be really weird and unfulfilling in some ways <laughs> and it's that concept of you can look into an animal's eyes and see them looking back at you and you really do feel like you're seeing each other's soul yes it's that yeah. kind of depth that kind of connection it is it really is i think animals you know they have the capability to sort of break down so many barriers don't they you know we can often find it easier to be ourselves and to sort of love very fully with an animal that you're close to but because they don't have that language barrier it's all non-verbal language and they're just you know they give such unconditional love don't they especially dogs you know and hopefully you know animals don't have the conditioning either being social human human beings in a society we've learned yeah. certain norms of behavior depending on which culture that you live in but i think yeah. a lot of the westernized cultures have been become maybe it's because we are distanced from nature largely so mm. we've, we've lost the things that animals do by instinct like yeah. if you've had a stressful situation shake it off but we yeah. we don't think we can do that no i mean horses are the ones really aren't they for showing that how their sort of can their energy can be up and they can be stressed and then they you know in their fight or flight fight and flight mode and when they're in the flight flight mode then just drop again can't they just drop it right back down again to rest and relax just let it all go whereas we tend to hold on to things if we become really stressed about something it becomes a really big deal and if we don't resolve that thing we carry it with us and by the time you get into middle or to old age you're carrying around so many burdens that you're not careful and then, then it starts to impact on your health you know which you know which i found a bit you know quite a lot myself recently even though you think you've dealt with things things still come up and they still <laughs> can come back to bite you can't they if you yeah. haven't really fully dealt with them if there are layers but i think every time that another layer comes up sometimes we beat ourselves up and think oh no not this again i thought i dealt with this 
but to mm -hmm. me it's not it's another layer it's another layer and it's, it's, time, it's yeah. not that we've done anything that hasn't been enough or good enough or whatever it's just now you're ready this is the point at which your body's saying yes I'm, I'm here i'm ready to do this now yeah it's absolutely. not it's not attacking you it's not falling apart it's just saying yeah now's the time mm -hmm. no i agree <laughs> So uh, you talk about the voice of nature and whether it whispers or it roars. Yes, well, that alongside, I think alongside the essences, I, I, I've also done the Reiki and then pranic healing. And I, I also like to work a lot with, with the elements, really, and just being in nature. I find so much, you know, healing just and benefit just from being in nature, especially around trees in particular. Um, you know, it, yeah, and it, it sometimes nature is very peaceful, sometimes it's loud, isn't it? So, yeah, it's just that it's just wonderful to have that connection. And I think that's another part of what I'm hoping to do here is because we've, we've got this lovely farm just to make a bit of a, a retreat. So, we do the glamping as well and holistic type workshops. So, involved and it, it would always incorporate some meditation and connecting with the animals, going out in nature, walking meditations, connecting with the trees, all that kind of thing. So, yeah, I, I mean, right from a child, I've just loved nature. I was very blessed that my mum used to take me for massive long walks, all through woods and nature reserves. And I can remember just loving doing the nature projects, you know, when you have to select leaves and conkers and things like that. Um, so that's always been my passion. And uh, I feel very blessed to have been able to do, you know, be as connected to nature as I was as a child. Because I, I, you know, and you I think it's feel... sorry, go it's on. brilliant that you know you you've and other people like yourself have had that kind of an upbringing and have always had a connection and felt it, even though maybe you didn't have the words for it when you were younger or mm. um, didn't really appreciate in the same way as now mm. quite what that gave you but now you are able to appreciate it and you know the, the things that meant so much to you when you were growing up and that have had such an impact on your life and so can create it for people who don't haven't had those opportunities. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think when I was a child, you know, I had, was fairly deprived. It was just me and my mum. She was a single mum. We lived in a, a council flat, of just a one-bedroom bedsit for a while. So it was only I can. So I'm so grateful for her love of nature, because I wouldn't have necessarily had that introduction to it if it wasn't for her, because she had to go out of her way really to to get us out in nature. It wasn't just there there for us in our laps. You know, we we had quite a we lived in the town and in, in a built up area. So, she, you know, I'm just so grateful that she did introduce me to that and make that part a big part of my life. We, we'd go out for absolutely hours walking you know and i can remember still being in a push chair i can remember that but i can't remember what i did five minutes ago <laughs> but uh, <laughs> i can remember going, going to all sorts of lovely places and not wanting to come home from them <laughs> and wanted to just go and sort of run and stand in in the stream you know with me new brand i remember i was three years old and i ran off and stood in the stream with brand new shoes on but i just i just love to be there and you know in touch with it I was never happier than when I was sort of skipping around in the sunshine or, you know, in, in the woods and, and things like that. So, yeah, very lucky. And, it, to, you know, the need to get for everybody to experience that and to have that connection is so important, especially in today's times. And especially because we've all had, you know, the lockdowns and everything that's gone on over the last two years. You know, it's, it's more important than ever for people to re-establish their connection. And I think, and I think that's, that's one of the gifts actually of lockdown it's been a really challenging and really hard time for many but at the same time it has brought many back to realizing how important yes just just nature of whatever kind whether that's your garden a lot of people have done gardening or whether that's your local park or yeah. whatever it might be i think so i think it, it, as you say there's always positive that comes out of these sort of challenges and i think um, a lot more people now are much more focused on wanting to make sure they can continue that connection with nature and not just get dragged back to the old ways. 
that is the challenge now going forward mm -hmm. i think as as lockdowns hopefully continue to ease and we come out of yeah. the worst of this change what can we bring in what do we want to keep from yeah. what we've learned through lockdown whether that's mm -hmm. gardening or walking or having time i heard so many people towards the early days of lockdown saying i never even realized how busy i was all the time how tired i was it was only when you stop when that stop is enforced upon you yeah. that you kind of realize look back and think my goodness how how did i do that that wasn't sustainable and yet i i did it yeah but and now we're, we're looking at blended working and things to try and hopefully not go back to the unsupportive things that we were doing before yeah yeah and i think animals you know animals can help people with that can't they they can develop a connection or i mean you obviously had a lot of people um get dogs puppies during lockdown and there might be some challenges with that as they do start to go back to work because those dogs have been used to having the people around all the time um but i think the people will have learned you know a lovely companionship during that time and how amazing that was to, to have an animal in their lives so that's that can hopefully only be a good thing can't it just hope um, they find a way through any of the problems when if they do have to start going back out to work but, so maybe that's where i come in <laughs> you know i can help them with the essences and some of the some tips to try and mm. sort of solve that yeah. so Tell us a little bit more about the kind of work that you do. So in what ways and with what sort of issues do you support animals and, and which kind of animals do you tend to work with? Yeah. Well, I do mainly work with horses and dogs, sometimes cats. Um, I've had a few cats, actually. And the, cat, the sort of problems I get with cats is normally things like they've got more than one cat in the household and they've started to fight. And they maybe got on fine for a long while and then all of a sudden they're starting to fight and so then you have to kind of look to well, what's what might be causing that have there been any major changes or building work or you've maybe even simply put the litter trays in a different place or the food in a different place and things like that so that that tends to be the main things i have with cats um dogs it's it could be things like separation anxiety that is usually quite a, a big thing um think what else with dogs sometimes it's just um where they've lacked internal bonding is that when they're young if they've been weaned too early things like that you, you'll often get insecurities and lack of confidence anxiety um and all the sorts of behaviors that might come about because of that so i did start to run some puppy socializing classes because when i worked at the vets i used to do the puppy parties so i thought well i'll take it a step further it's not necessarily a training program but it's that kind of step between when a puppy's not quite it's literally just had its first injection and is allowed to sort of go to puppy parties in a controlled environment but it it can't go out meeting other dogs yet so, so we do a little indoor thing and then when they've had their next injection it's sort of just introducing them at the farm because i've got chickens and sheep and other animals and horses Excellent. it's a safe place to sort of let them start seeing the big open world so that you hopefully only get they only get sort of very positive experiences in a supportive environment rather than what could go wrong if you sort of suddenly went out and, and you know another big dog comes up and frightens them or they you know they they see other animals that they're not that they're really scared of and things like that so we try to make it very controlled and i do some um i do some nice little packs for them to go away with so we talk we also talk about sort of nutrition and um all sorts of things really and holistic things that could help with various issues for them so i do like to work with puppies um horses as i say i've done the equine touch so i quite like to help with the body balances and reiki that's you know i use that on all the animals as well crystals do crystal healing and maybe so maybe do some remote work like set up some crystal grids do some distant healing um and I can do the Zoom, Zoom consultations as well for the flower essences as well. So I could kind of like to integrate things and bring in a bit of a package and then sort of helping people with the health of animals. As I say, it's more with the horses, sometimes the dogs, but usually with the horses um, doing the equine facilitated learning. And that, that's just a lot of that is actually very gentle work where you're just um, getting very grounded. So you're learning about your breathing, doing a body scan to see where you're holding tension. Uh, and then maybe once you're nice, you, you can control your own energy 
um, and how you approach the horse, then you start to sort of interact with the horse or whichever one wants to come over and interact with you, do some advance and retreat to see where, so you can work on issues like boundaries in your life, um, where so the horse will mirror that, you know, where the boundaries are. Um, uh, what else? Well, things with anxieties, um, all kinds of stress-related issues, sadness, bereavement, um, depression. So, yeah, and then I normally try to combine that with essences as well. So we normally have a, a chat first and we sort of get a bit of a history of an idea of what's going on with the client. And then we decide, you know, we might go for a walking meditation and then just sort of stand outside the horse's paddock and just sort of do a bit of tuning in. And um, so it varies really. It's sort of just depending on what people want and need and how best I can support them. And it's also individual, isn't it? Because yeah. I mean, I was on a podcast this morning and I was asked, you know, what's the typical thing? Um, it's, it's just so individual to each yeah. animal, each person. And each then, if you're working with the animal and their person, it's the combination as well. So you've nearly got yeah. three things, if not more, in the room. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I do like doing that if it's sort of working with people with their animals. And because we, we have a holiday let here and I saw that we have a dog friendly. So we often have people come with their dogs. And I had a lovely lady that was having some personal challenges. And she actually wasn't, it wasn't really about her to start with. It was about the dog. Could we have a consult for the dog? So sort of sitting and, and chatting and um, I said, well, we'll just take some history first and all that. And the dog, she's one of the troubles I'm having with him is he, he just keeps ignoring me. And he won't come back when I call him. And look, he's doing it now. And she's calling him and he was flatly ignoring her. And I just said, have you ever felt ignored in your life? Or when have you ever felt ignored in your life? And she burst out crying because she said, oh, my God, you just had this epiphany. She said all the time. And it was heartbreaking. It was sort of through all her working career and even in her relationship. The husband, it was just heartbreaking. And it was such a, the dog was, and the minute she, she started to cry, the dog came straight to her and for comfort and just stayed with her then and it was just so lovely you know they're, they're, they're magical aren't they they can just uh, cause healing on such deep levels and they're amazing what they hold for us and what they reveal for us yeah yeah i think that's that's part of the gift yeah. and yeah of course having an animal in your life brings challenges tammy's just saying it's amazing the empathy that animals have and that's so yeah. true. They, they, they really, they're so much better at reading us than we are reading them. They're so good, and particularly dogs, because they've been living alongside of humans for so long. They're so good at reading our facial expression. Although theirs are going to be different, they can still get our, and like Inca here, she just knows everything. I think she's telepathic because she'll be off upstairs and I'm getting ready to go up to the horses and next thing she's there or I'm up with the horses, she's off in another field. And I think, where's she got to? And she appears, <laughs> you know, I think, but you can't even see me. So you must be telepathic, but there'd yeah. be something that she's picking up on. Yeah, they do, don't they? I mean, they're, they're just the nonverbal communication, they're masters at. And uh, yeah, and I think that, you know, it is telepathic, isn't it? The way they know what you're doing at any given time and know what time you're coming home, you know, know you your routines and patterns um, and they, they read our emotions don't they so they do. but they, unfortunately they can be like sponges for it so we have to be mindful yeah. of that don't we if, if they start to become unwell or stressed it can sometimes be because they're picking it up from us and one of the tips that i tend to give people if they're having issues with an, an anxious or you know any like the cats you were saying when they just suddenly seemed to change behavior yeah like you're saying is there anything has changed for you are you under any stress at the moment yeah and and it the best is, thing is that we, <laughs> one of the best things we can do for animals is to take care of ourselves yeah i think that's one of the lessons they're trying to sort of show us really self-care and that, that's something that's been very lacking for a lot of people isn't it because they're on that busy 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 treadmill all the time that we just forget to take care of ourselves. You know, we're taking care of everyone else and rushing around all the time, so. And it's such an easy thing to, routine and, and habit to fall into. Mm, mm. Yeah, it's, it's, 
and I don't know about you, but it seems that time's almost speeded up lately. <laughs> it seems to just fly. I can't believe where the year's gone, or even the last two years. And certainly lockdown had that funny kind of concertina thing. It's almost like a wormhole. It seemed to take yeah. a long time, but when you look back over it, it seems like it hardly even happened. It was, you know, the yeah. year just disappeared. Everybody's saying that year. What, what, where, where did it go? What happened to that year? And now mm. that we're coming out of the lockdown and the restrictions, everything's trying to catch up. So yeah. it's frantic where we, were, we, we went from the busy, busy to stop to frantic. Mm, mm. And I think people are finding that quite, they're thinking, I don't actually want that anymore. <laughs> you know, you may have coped with it at the time because you're on that treadmill, you don't know any different. But when you actually get off it for a little while, and then you thrust back on it, you suddenly realise, actually, I don't want that now. I just want a more simplistic life. And again, I think that's something animals try to show us, don't they? Because they do live in a simplistic way. You know, they're, they're just to, in the present moment, aren't they? Yeah, that's the thing. It's to be grounded, to be in the moment. Yeah. Mm. So that we're really responding to the moment and not living in the past or worrying about the future. And yeah. Tammy's just put up a few comments now, but the latest one that COVID has made us all slow down a lot. And I think absolutely it did, but the challenge yeah. now is to keep that sense of at least some balance between yes, busyness balance. and, and the self-care and the support and the taking time to rest or mm. get out into nature or those sorts of things. Mm. Mm. No, I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah, that's the and challenge, Tammy's isn't saying, it now? It is the challenge, yeah. Tammy's saying that Christmas is just around the, the corner because the year is going so quickly. Mm, mm, absolutely. <laughs> so you talk as well on your website about building better awareness of what animals need and of yes. how to build stronger relationships and connections with them. Can you talk a little bit more about what they need that maybe we're not so aware of? Yeah, I think um, thinking more species specific. So sort of the five freedoms, Bramble's five freedoms, but more, you know, it's more the individual species. So especially in the domestic setting and with the horses, you know, you can very easily forget what would they be doing if they weren't in this domestic setting? You know, what are their needs? So it's always, I think good to reflect on that at, at times and especially a lot of new animal owners that have never had a pet before but especially those that may have just got their first dog in lockdown uh, it's really important i think because if they think they're just an extension of, of themselves and they're they almost humanize them sort of too much at, at times and that's it's okay because they want the animals love and being with us don't they the dog, dogs in particular they want to share their lives with us but if you forget the needs, you know, of the species specific things, I think you can end up then starting to have problems and their health and their well-being is going to suffer. So, and, and then even with things with certain training methods, sometimes things can become, because us being humans, we, we do get very focused and intense, you know, we're like tunnel visioned, it's got to be this way, or we find a particular, you know, training style that we really like and think yes it's that way and no way other way and you you can become quite rigid thinking and, and, and almost overlook the fact that maybe the animal's not enjoying it as much as you hoped and yeah things like that and, and the nutrition as well I mean it's all a, in this fast-paced life the way we live everything's for convenience isn't it and speed so we, we get all the, for the dogs and cats you know it's always all the dry foods and um you know there's that i know they say they're meant to be balanced and some of them probably aren't too bad but if that's all your animals having day in day out i can't believe it's that healthy really i think they need more variety and uh, you know i personally quite prefer raw or, or even just a mixture i mean i've got very big dogs so it's incredibly expensive to have them fully on raw but so they do have some dry but it's it's just challenging owners i think to kind of really look into things and research to make the best choices for their animal. That's the main thing. Yeah, um, absolutely. Not forget that they are an animal, you know, they are a dog or they are a cow or they are a horse and they need to have the time to be, you know, they can't just be in our lives doing our stuff all the time. They do need to, and dogs in particular, you know, they do, they do need to rest. Sometimes, I know sometimes they're resting too much because the owner goes out to work all day and they're not getting the stimulus and interaction with other dogs or anything, but other times, 
I have to be careful myself because I'm on a farm. My dogs follow me everywhere. They want to be with me every waking moment. And then I sometimes think, God, they're just not getting enough rest. And I actually think I really want to go out and meet a friend today so that I can leave them home and they'll relax because they're just, you know, you can't even get up to <laughs> you go out the yeah. room and they've both got up and followed you, <laughs> you know. So it's just being bringing awareness, really, to, for people to sort of really look at the particular species and what their needs are. And I think, yes, absolutely, we need to look at the species and what they would be doing were they living in the wild because they aren't that different even mm. dogs although they are domesticated and have been they're one of the longest domesticated mm. animals that we interact with but really in the whole of evolution it's the blink of an eye so yeah. they still like in terms of their diet and in terms of well they need to sniff and they need to run around and they need to all of these things that they still need to do mm. that their wild cousins would do and that they are pack animals which is one of the reasons that they do interact with us so well because they like mm. to be part of that unit but just to remember that they have their own needs as well and the species needs but also the individual needs because each dog's yeah. going to be different exactly. and each, yeah. each breed of dog will have characteristics but individuals within that so yeah it's yeah. just remembering and balancing all of those i think as well yeah and, and you know a thing i remember when on my bachelor animal course was about we were talking about birds and um, the tutor was sort of talking about um, sort of a lot of tropical birds that parrots and things like that and certain birds will take on a you know they some birds tend to fly sort of more vertically quite upright you know they just go up whereas others need to go along uh, sort of a you know very so it's, it's all things like that so that how then the their living space is is designed to be, enable them to do that it's a bit like chickens you know needing to be able to roost and you know the way that they like to sort of go on a perch rather than just on the on the ground and also also you know like high cats particularly love to be up high don't they for to feel safe they will always if something chases them they'll go up if they can um so it's, it's being aware of all those things because you can you know you, in your own living space there might be things you can do to actually facilitate that especially if you've got multiple animals in your home mm. that have all got a cohabit you know, finding ways to sort of get around that. Um, I've never thought about that with birds. Yeah. It's, I don't know if you just heard the buzzer that's flying around outside, but there are birds like that that soar. So they need yeah. a high point to take off, they need off the, from. The height, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. The famous yeah. example of the condors that we had on the television that you could just watch them just flying, or like an albatross that doesn't land for months on end, just mm. is out at sea yeah yeah very different different ways of of looking at and constructing the world yeah which is part for me of the fascination because you sort of think what, what must that be like just to see the world from that perspective i know and that that's something i like to actually do with embodiment things part of my efl training you know is well, i used to do some of that before anyway the meditations you know try and embody what it might be like to be a particular animal and you know birds is great isn't it to try and see from a higher perspective and picture yourself sort of in you know up there looking down on stuff um so that's that's quite a nice exercise to do as well try to embody what that animal you know if you can imagine being that animal uh, if it's a heavy animal for example i remember having to do it was quite a challenge actually something i was doing on an animal communication course we had to embody being first of all a lioness and then we had to be a rhinoceros and you really had to sort of feel the different structures in your body in your own body and take that on i can even remember doing one on the bush flower essences ian white who teaches that who's the founder of australian bush essences um we took a one of his environmental type essences and it would you had to be it was the earth and you had to be imagine you're a stone and i can just remember having a really weird heavy feeling of sinking 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 thinking oh my god i, yeah, I, I can't move <laughs> Try as i'm I solid I'm, I'm solid and it, yeah it, all, it really did work as an embodiment yeah. it was absolutely amazing i've and done a similar one, one. Yeah, have you? Well, it was about being a dog because we were working, it was an animal communication course as mm. well. We were working with the dog and what's it like to have a tail? What's it like to have fur? These kind of things. 
yeah it's good isn't it to do these exercises mm. actually um yeah we, we did another one with one of the australian bush essences where we took we had to take the essence and then just sort of see what evolved and uh that was developed it was a davic essence so it just you ended up with really heightened sense of hearing smell sight it was like you, you felt like you could almost hear the ants crawling in the grass it was amazing i've never experienced anything quite like that since it was fantastic so yeah and i guess if you can do little things like get people to do sort of think or what do you think you'd feel like if you were a horse or you were a dog you know try and picture that and embody that it again helps them bring that awareness doesn't it and think about the animal's needs absolutely and i did um i did training with elizabeth whiter of the healing animals organization and i think on one of my first days there we were at a sanctuary that had lots of different animals and there was a tortoise so she said right you work with the tortoise and then she said i want you to tell me what that tortoise energy feels like i've only just started i don't know any of this stuff i'm gonna get it wrong you know my my <laughs> critic was coming out but i went over and i i never met a tortoise before either so i went over and i kind of sat down with this tortoise and it responded it came over to me and put its head over to my hand and all this kind of stuff and i like you said about the stone i just got this really deep grounded connection with the earth kind of root chakra feeling and kind of as, as well my my inner critic was going yeah right you're making it up <laughs> but that's you know it, that's the kind of ideas and it's just tuning mm. in and just getting what do you sense from this this creature in front of you this individual well creature animal tree whatever yeah and trees they've now discovered have a heartbeat so and they respond to touch yeah so that's all of amazing, these things that <laughs> yeah that we've kind of just thought were way out there we're now finding is actually very real yeah 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 you know, it's a it's an exciting world out there isn't it actually it'd be it, it, you know for lots of other people to, that have never experienced any of that to start to connect with that um would just it's just so wonderful isn't it that's what that's what my hope is you know i think with the whole sort of setup I've got here is what I've been trying to work towards for many, many years, several decades actually. You know, it was a vision I had probably when I was in my thirties. And it took us nearly ten years to find the premises. Um and ever since you know, ever since then I've it's sort of I've been using positive thoughts and uh you know trying to attract to us what what it is we wanting to do here. And gradually, gradually, gradually we've been getting there and uh it's wonderful you know i've been having some lovely guest speakers come and teach people about different things that they do or different animal type uh, courses and things different guest speakers so and, and then just starting to do my own things as well so yeah it's it's exciting so where are you if anybody's looking for all of that kind of thing and you mentioned you're doing glamping setting that up as well yeah yeah so so if people want to come but they're a long way away they can stay as well yes that is a possibility i mean what i'm hoping to do uh, for next summer is start to actually put together some sort of exclusive fairly small group um sort of retreat type workshops so maybe two or three nights stays which would combine our glamping or our holiday let. Uh, so we're based in Essex, North Essex, just on the sort of North Essex-Suffolk border. Fairly accessible, only about an hour from London. Um, so yeah, quite quite easy access really for this part of the country. Um, we've set in sort of 20 acres and it's all mainly paddock land with the horses. Um, we've, we've done an awful lot of planting. We've planted over a thousand trees in conjunction with the Woodland Trust. Wow. Um, yeah, that we we did that in 2017. It was part of a World War One memorial um, sort of thing, woodlands that we've created. So you planted over a thousand trees. That was quite a lot of work. Um, and they're, they're just starting to really look something now. You know, they've you know come out of their little plastic containers, and they're actually quite. Some of them are quite a reasonable height now. Actually, is actually some are also really quickly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, some of them are quite fast growing. And even mm -hmm. this year, actually, we've planted another load of hedging with interspersed with some rowan trees, which is really nice. So 
Lovely. It's a lot of work, but uh, yeah, well, we've got a, my husband builds shepherd huts. He's built our first one. So we've got a shepherd's hut, a lovely built him, uh, and uh, one of a, a, a self catering holiday letting out in one of our barns, which is the dog friendly one. Um, so yeah, I've got those three things, and we've, I've got a little barn which I use as a classroom space for the workshops and things. That's really nice, and of course, loads of outdoor space and. Uh, and all the animals surrounded by the animals so it's, it's a really nice setting mm. um, yeah so i'm hoping to do, do more of these sort of workshops and things and the training and stuff next year definitely so if people wanted to follow you to find out more about what you do about the workshops and retreats that you're going to be offering where would they find you well i've got um two websites but the most recent one is called Oaksbrook, so it's www.oaksbrook.co.uk. That has got a whole, it's almost three websites in one, and it's got a whole section on natural answer as well. So there's a lot about me and the animal work in that. Um, and then I've obviously got my own dedicated website, which I'm going to be soon updating a bit because I've, I've done some more things since that was first made. And that is the natural answer one. So that's just www.naturalanswer.co.uk. Um, the same names are the Facebook pages and I'm also on Instagram with both. I think for Oaksbrook, it's called Oaksbrook Retreat on the Facebook page and same on Instagram or just Natural Answer is on both as well. So you can find me there. Yeah. Brilliant. So thank you so much for joining me today, Jane, and for sharing all of this. Just, It's just such a lovely way to spend some time just listening to, to this uplifting and, and talking about connection in nature mm. it always just makes me feel <sighs> yeah so much better well, thank you very much robin <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure it really has um yeah fantastic so thank you thank you very much to everyone who's tuned in and to anybody who's watching on the replay do stick in a hashtag replay below the here and let us know that you've watched and if you have any comments or questions just stick them in there as well and i'm sure that myself or jane can get back to you on those and then just to wish you all a very happy weekend and i'll be back next week with another guest so just keep your eyes peeled in the group to see who that's going to be bye for now Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.